On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show where Nick Fairbanks will be joining me to discuss the 6-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens, where the Florida Panthers dealt with a little adversity, losing Sergei Borowski two minutes into the game and Alex Lyon coming in the rest of the way and losing Eric Stahl in this one as well. Lots of power play goals in this one, four of them in the second period, and it got a little chippy in the third period. We're going to also talk about all-star selection. Will somebody be joining Matthew Kachuk in Sunrise, Florida for the all-star festivities? And we're going to talk about a topic bigger than the sport of hockey after everything that happened Tuesday night in Philadelphia, all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're to our team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects with Heidi Halakash. And don't forget to send in your screenshot of your subscription to the Locked On Florida Panthers YouTube page and your five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to Locked On Panthers and send it over to me via DM at LO underscore FLA Panthers or my personal account at Monoman12 or email it at LockedOnFLAPanthers at gmail.com for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Tampa Bay Lightning game on February 6th. Good luck, everybody. So, Florida Panthers fans, it is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. The Florida Panthers are coming off a 6-2 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. Right before we get into that game, Paul Maurice was fined 25 k for his comments on officiating on Tuesday night based on everything that happened. But, Cats fans, Francois St. Laurent was not refereeing this game for the Panthers versus the Montreal Canadiens. And wow, what a what what a game for the Panthers to just after no goals in the first period and just the explosion of, of goals, especially on the power play. And this will be a great time to bring in my guest on the show. Once again, it's a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. Nick, welcome back to Locked On Panthers. Thank you for having me back, Armando. It's uh, always great to have a victory Fairbanks Friday. Uh, makes it the show go a lot easier much better to talk about topics and just overall just better overall feeling you know feeling emotions things like that absolutely now the florida panthers have won four of their last six uh nine points out of a possible 12 money puck has uh their odds going from 23 percent on january 8th to 54 percent just saw it this morning we're recording this on a friday morning right now it's 9 45 a.m as it as the time as i'm looking at the time on my laptop and let's talk about last night's game uh nick uh of course uh the florida panthers deal with some adversity early with uh josh anderson's shot that hits the post and looks like that bobrovsky stretched his leg to to the point that he got hurt and then after an offensive zone penalty by atulu steranen um alex lyon had to come in and of course spencer knight is on injured reserve and then this happens for the 
for the for the Panthers. Not gonna lie, e- even if it was the Montreal Canadiens, and and of course they're going through a rebuild right now. I got a little nervous. I got a little nervous with this. Of course, Alex Lyon being a Calder Cup uh, champion from last season with the with the Chicago Wolves, and only twenty five games of experience, two two games last season for for Carolina. Uh, how are you feeling when when Alex Lyon came in the game? So, uh, first thing I want to start off with is when I was watching, you know, the replay of the game. Um, is I don't. I guess when I saw Bob stretch i'm not sure if he injured his left leg the one that was stretching all the way over that hit the post or if it was the leg that he was pushing off on because when you see him after uh get up he's shaking his right leg the one that he pushed off on but i can definitely see if it was the left one because that was the one he was stretching out and got caught on the post so um i don't know if you can clarify that for me if they actually said which one or if they're just leaving it as a lower body injury yeah yeah, they didn't specify. They did. They're usually the broadcast. They're they're the broadcast that works directly with the Panthers. They're the ones that least speculate it of of all people. That's mostly for us to to do uh, for for when it comes to that. But I think it, I think it was mostly the leg that uh, pushed off for for Bobrovsky, okay. and, and so it was That's a little nerve wracking. Yeah, and that, and look, okay. Alex Lyon was tested literally right away off Cole Caulfield, like right on the power play. Cole Caulfield almost has 30 goals for the, for the Canadians. What, what, a, what a, what a pick he was 15th overall and, and all, a pick going all the way there. And, and he's mm-hmm. almost a 30 goal scorer. And also the Florida Panthers dealt with another loss early uh, for, for, for them where Eric Stahl thought he was interfered right at the blue line, which I don't agree with Eric Stahl on that one. I did not think he was interfered, but there's another. There was one that I did think and uh, stall, and then he un- unnecessarily just takes takes a takes a hit at him where where the, where he was way away from the puck, not called uh, as well, and 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 Eric Stahl has to go to the locker room the rest of the game. So now you're down a goalie and 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 one of your bottom six forwards as well. So it, it was just it was just a little adversity that the that the Panthers had to face there. Definitely. And, you know, what better to rally the team around? You lose your hot goaltender because Bob is one of the main reasons why they've been able to jumpstart, you know, the middle of their season. You know, he's played fantastic. And when you lose that type of, you know, mentality that the team has to trust in him back there. And now you have, you know, uh, Calder winning, you know, backup goalie um, or third string goalie come in. Uh, He looked like Beezer to me last night. That was ridiculous. Um, I honestly haven't seen Bob or Knight make those type of saves. Um, not that they've really had to, or they could have gotten beat by him. But, you know, he came in and did his job very well, and I'm very happy for him. Uh, now, the Eric Stahl uh, one, I'm one of those people that don't want to think that Mike Matheson is dirty. I think he's just a victim of circumstance. Also, he might have a temper. Um, I think he might make decisions based on, you know, if he's frustrated or maybe he's just feeling pressured. Um, you know, we can go back to the Elias Peterson uh, situation that he had when he was a Florida Panther, where he basically just kind of, you know, tackled them and threw them to the ice. Um, and now you have this hit that was not warranted at all. Uh, it was clearly interference and it should have been a penalty. Um, you know, I, I don't understand, you know, what refs are looking at or what they're trying to do. I understand trying to let the guys play, but at the same time, they're supposed to be protecting the players. Um, and, you know, Unfortunately, we did lose two players, but it did work out for the team because in the second period, they did come out and they put the hurt on the Montreal Canadiens. Yep, and 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 with the Florida Panthers, uh, when it when it was zero zero, eighteen of the uh, eighteen shots of theirs were either 
blocked or missed the net in the first period and just thinking, oh, no, here here we go. Uh, yep. The Panthers play, play possibly playing down to their comp- competition. And and it really started with with being right right in front of right in front of the net off a rebound. Sam Reinhardt scores for the for the Panthers and Sam Montembeau, former Panther, another former Panther. The, the Habs have so many former Panthers on on, on their team. Mike Hoffman, uh, Evgeny Dadanov, uh as well. And 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 how big was that challenge? I think that that challenge was really big because of the fact that it was the first goal of the game. Mm-hmm. And and I'm glad the referees used judgment to to think as 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 we're thinking of it as we didn't think that regardless of whether Kachuk in in the blue paint would have actually interfered Montembeau or not. I didn't think Montembo was getting back into the net and I'm glad that that maybe that was something that was considered when it came to uh when it when it came to uh the goal counting or not and it was a risk that was worth taking for Marty St. Louis. I think if it was on on the Panther side, I think that's a risk worth taking because he's right there in the blue paint, but I think they used the fact that he wasn't going to get back uh in in time and also that opened the floodgates for that second goal where it's the, the, they got a bench minor in that one. And and uh, Forsling got a deflection to Sam Bennett as well uh, for for the second goal, and it, and that was just the beginning of the floodgates. Of course, and you know, I, you know, we've seen it on the opposite side for the Florida Panthers, where you know there's a goal that's either called off or that you know there's a goal that's you know confirmed, and you know it just seems like the wheels fall off because you know they feel like they've been the better team for most of it, and a lot of the games they can say that, but then just one thing goes wrong or goes against their way, and. It just seems like the train, you know, just falls off the rails. So, um, you know, I, I'm just I'm glad that, you know, the refs kind of got this one right. As you said, that Montebo was not going to be able to get back in the net, that to Chuck was not the reason for him being able to not be able to play the puck. So it was a good judgment call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and of course, uh, the the Panthers lived in really in the in the slot all, all, all night after the second period. The slot shots were nine to seven. Of course, the the Montreal Canadiens had three bench miners in, in in this one where they had too many two too many men on the ice calls one of them when they were already down four on three i made a little bit of a joke that the with the Montreal Canadiens having two too many men on the ice calls in less than 2 minutes that they they're the unofficial sponsor of the too many men podcast so <laughs> so so and, and then of course uh the one of those of course with Matthew Kachuk uh off a rebound for the third goal and then Giovanni Smith getting his first as a Panther, and then the and then another power play goal where the where Matthew Kachuk just walks in and nails a wrister uh, past uh, Sam Montebo, and he was an assist away from a Gordie Howe hat trick on the night. He got two two goals, and he got uh, into a fight after going after uh, Mike Matheson. But we're, that's a good way to transition to segment number two, <laughs> where we're gonna discuss really that third period and just the frustration that the Panthers continued to put on the Montreal Canadiens. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want to have all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We, we just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. Even if you're like me, you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, man, then I've got the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, we're covering 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. 
They come in unbelievably flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And, even, and what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Head to your nearest Walmart today and walk into the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up four, a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You'll th- you can thank me later. Second segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast where the Florida Panthers are coming off a 6-2 victory over the Montreal Canadiens behind four power play goals for the Panthers, not even in their President's Trophy season, Nick, that the Panthers got four power play goals. Uh, and the the fact that that was really what, what opened the floodgates for the Panthers, we knew we knew that going into the third period, it was just really about continuing the good habits, not 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 allowing Montreal to to get back in this game. Alex Lyon was 16 of 16 um through the through the first uh 38 minutes uh right before the the third period. And then of course the frustration happened. Arbor Jackai and Giovanni Smith right towards the end of the second period were were getting into it. And of course they uh they they go to the box for fighting and they went at it a second time. We mentioned <laughs> earlier of Matthew Kachuk going after uh, Mike Matheson, former Panther, as well after that hit on Eric Stahl. And just when you think about this season for Matthew Kachuk and just the standing up for his teammates, we saw it against Nico Heizer of the New Jersey Devils after everything that happened with Sasha Barkov and then this one on Eric Stahl. It's still such a very a big treat for knowing that he's going to stand up for his teammates. It is. And, you know, it depends on, you know, it calls into question, you know, what individuals would think uh a captain or um you know what leadership looks like and you know leadership takes up different forms and you know alexander barkoff is one of those quiet leaders and everything and you know he's going to try and lead by example and be that quiet leader on that you know once when he speaks everybody listens so um matthew to chuck is much more of an animated physical uh you know outspoken um you know player Uh, i would definitely say that more people are going to rally around that but at the same time, you know, that also has a double-edged sword. You know, we've seen it where Tuchuk has gotten into some things earlier this season that maybe he shouldn't have, or maybe it would have been better off if he had like held back or had somebody else do it because the Panthers needed him in those key situations. But um, can't say enough about him. He's been the Panthers' best player this season, most consistent player. And, you know, I, I, I can't help but notice that if you go to the Calgary Twitter page or if you go to any of their fans Twitter pages, they're not happy right now. Um, Mm. So I'm very happy with the trade still. Um, And, you know, it just keeps getting better and better uh, every week. Um, And, you know, hopefully over the course of the next eight years, uh, that will prove to be, uh, you know, the catalyst or one of the catalysts to raising the cup here in South Florida. Absolutely. And 24 years old, still doing this and, 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 uh, still on pace for a 100, 100 point season and that was that wasn't the only uh <clears throat> frustration for for the Montreal Canadiens David Savard and uh Mark Stahl uh have have roughing penalties and Savard has a 10 minute misconduct there um <laughs> another one is uh uh 
Ryan Lomberg going after Pizzetta after a hit on Lundell near the end boards as well. And, and of course, Ryan Lomberg also got uh, on, on the score sheet as well. Forgot to mention that after <laughs> aggressive forechecking for the Panthers. And then you see Ryan Lomberg just calling Carter Hagee to just give it to me, give it to me. I'm drawing towards the net. And then, uh, and that was at the time where the Montreal Canadiens, uh, it was five to two. The game wasn't necessarily in reach, but you definitely, you definitely put that in, in, in doubt for, for the Canadians there as well. So, so that, that, that was another, uh, that was another uh, thing for the, for the Panthers and just trying to put this out of the way. And also second straight game that the Florida Panthers chase a goalie. I know, I know it came in the, in a loss on Tuesday, Against uh, Ilya Samsonov and the and the Maple Leafs when he came in after Matt Murray gave up four goals, but we saw this so much last year where the Panthers were chasing goal the goalies. I think it was like almost fifteen times last last season. I know it was I know it was over ten, but second straight game uh, when 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 you when you chase a goaltender, it's just like bringing it a little back uh, from last season. Caden Primo uh, comes into the game because uh, Jake Allen is. Her, at the time, Sam Montebo was starting six straight games for for the Canadians as well, but struggling struggling big time uh, with rebound control as well. And look at this, Nick. Eighteen of Florida's forty shots were on the power play. Montreal, eleven of their twenty five shots were not on five on five, and only thirty five minutes and seventeen seconds of this game were spent on five on five. There's a lot of penalty minutes. I think this is the game of the season as far as, you know, the most penalty minutes, uh, if I was reading that correctly. So not a lot of love lost between these two teams. Um, you know, one team is really feeling it. The other one's still trying to figure it out. And, you know, if they're going to, you know, <laughs> tank for better or not. Um, so we'll, we'll see. You know, I, th- I think we see them maybe one or one more time this season. Um, about two more times. Thank you. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, games really don't carry over from game to game, but, you know, people do remember. And I'm glad, you know, going back to the Chuck point that he took care of it this game instead of waiting till the next game, because that was usually the Panthers MO is that, oh, one of our guys got knocked out because of a hit or whatever. Panthers wouldn't do anything. They would focus on this game right now. And, you know, depending on what the result was, they would wait till the next game to take care of business. But, you know, the Panthers are really feeling it right now. The fact that they, chase the second goalie in the second game but let's be honest they were playing more than just the maple leafs in the last game let's just be clear about yes. that so yes um samsonov really did come in he did give the maple leafs a boost and everything but florida had their chances and everything um but on the flip side if you take that toronto game to this one florida had eight power plays this one so i don't want to think that it's you know reciprocal or you know like it just totally switched um it like phantom calls were being made, but Florida definitely deserved to have those uh, power plays. And it was really nice to see them being able to convert on that. Yeah. Now with season season averages for the power play, they're, they're almost into the top 10 right now. They're 13th uh, ranked power play in, in, in the NHL. And it's, it's starting to get hot. Of course, the penalty kill is still a concern. They're still middle of the pack in it, in it, but the the Panthers, the 13 goals in two matchups against the Canadians. The of course the first one, first game after the Christmas break, you get your reinforcements back as far as when it comes to injuries as well. And really mm-hmm. for, for like I said, four out of their last six, nine, nine out of their uh 
nine points um, out of a possible 12. And I tuned into the last two minutes of Islanders Sabres on Ryan Miller night in, in mm-hmm. Buffalo, where even though it went to overtime, it benefited more that the Buffalo Sabres won over the New York Islanders yep. because you face them two more times while the Islanders, you face them zero times left in, and, in, in the, in the remainder of the season. And when you're chasing points, you always want the team that's below you to win or to gain points instead of the person that's in front of you, because it's much easier to probably stave off a team that's under you than to try and catch a team that's ahead of you. So um glad that Buffalo's, showing up after we played them <laughs> um you know what we'll see uh you know what happens in those next two matchups i think buffalo may play a, a better game against florida because now they're trying to feel it and they have a few games in hand and uh if they start rattling off a couple of their wins they might be a team to look out for yeah and the speaking of going going back to the canadians the next time the florida panthers play the canadians won't be until march they face twice in march mm. and uh the next time the Panthers play the Sabres, those both times will be at home, February 24th and then April 4th, both times at FLA Live Arena, while the Florida Panthers uh, face the Canadians once in South Florida and then once in in at the Bell Center, where, hey, the, ho, ho, we, we wish that they could play the Habs uh, every, every game of the season, but, you know, that's that's just not how it works. But yes. we're, we're, we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we're going to talk about the all-star game and who and if there is an additional panther added to the roster and we're also going to talk about something that happened on tuesday night in philadelphia and something that's been talked about across the league and of course we want to give our opinions on it as well we're going to discuss this next here on the locked on florida panthers podcast Third and final segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers come off a 6-2 to two win over the Montreal Canadiens behind four power play goals and losing Sergei Bobrovsky and Eric Stahl, but still finding a way to get a dub and a five points out of six on this three-game road trip right before the Florida Panthers welcome Kirill Kaprizov and Minnesota Wild. Just another... Uh, one game before going on the road once again. So road heavy uh, schedule for the for the Cats this month. And Nick, uh, Matthew Kachuk is going to be the only all star for the Panthers. Uh, Alexander Barkov, nor Carter Hage were were the last ones in. Uh, Austin Matthews, David Pasternak, and Andre Vasilevsky were the players selected for the Atlantic Division. But we also got the uniform unveiling. And of course, Matthew Kachuk had in, in a video, him and Jason Robertson, in a video of them wearing their uh, their uh, all-star game jerseys for mm-hmm. for February 3rd and 4th here in Sunrise, Florida. And I, I want to get your thoughts first on uh, a, a Panther not joining uh, Matthew Kachuk, but also about the uniforms. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give my opinion first. Uh, okay. I'm not the biggest fan of of it based on the font, but I get, but I also like the old school uh, mm-hmm. orange NHL logo at the same time. But I also like that it's like kind of like Miami Vice ish. But also, when people talk about Sunrise, they ugh, what grinds my gears is when I consistently hear South Beach, and I think that's going to be a conversation point for national people consistently talking about the All Star Game, and that's kind of why. I'm kind of iffy about the Miami Vice 
colors when it comes to the jerseys? Yeah, so the the first point um, is that I think the All-Star or the fans made the right decision in making Matthew Tuchuk the only Florida Panther representative. Now, do I think that there's another Panther that possibly deserved to be on there? Yeah, I think there's one other player this season, and that's uh, Brandon Montour. Um, I just don't think Florida started the season very well. I don't think that anybody really deserves to be on there. And, um, you know, I think all the other players who were, you know, selected or made it um, are more star power, more, you know, bringing more uh, fans to the event or wanting to watch it. Um, Cause I- I'll tell you this, would you rather want to watch an all-star game with Brandon Montour or like, uh, you know, Matthews? <laughs> I, the, the answer is obvious. I know I'm a Panthers fan, but Austin Matthews is 60 goals. Yeah. Score. And I, and I don't mean to compare the two, obviously. I mean, they play totally different positions and everything. And, you know, one has like an elite skill level, you know, that, you know, he leads his team uh, for a reason. But, you know, Florida has to chuck. He's been basically their star, their icon and everything. And, you know, when he unveiled the uh, Eastern uh, jersey, I was elated to see that they had that throwback, kind of like a, in a way, a reverse retro of what they had before. And, uh, you know, the NHL kind of going with the whole Miami Vice thing, you know, kind of like what you're saying with South Beach. Um, I don't know how the NHL or how sports media is supposed to, I guess, prop up Sunrise, Florida without yeah. having like other markers next to them. Like, you know, we're going to talk about Fort Lauderdale. We're going to talk about Boca. Probably not. We're going to talk about Miami because that that is like the hub of a lot of things. So um, I can understand wanting to steal the branding from that, um, which makes sense. But at the same time, you know, it's I I think the Florida Panthers are probably in the next couple of years, because I think, you know, if you talk about their stadium lease, which, you know, a lot of Canadians will want to talk about uh, that, they shouldn't have a team here um, and move them up to Quebec. But you have to wonder if they're going to continue playing at the FLI arena here in the next couple of seasons or if they are going to relocate to a, a stadium in the other part of South Florida. Um, you know, they have that uh, practice facility that they're making over in Fort Lauderdale. Um, you know, not saying that they're going to build another building, but there might be something in Miami that they could get into. But um, I was very happy to see the jerseys. And, they, you know, I wonder, you know, what they're going to look like on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so many, and also the the events for All-Star Weekend have been announced. There's going to be a Fort, Lauder- um, Fort Lauderdale Beach Sweep on the 29th. There's going to be a City of Sunrise and um, Florida Panthers Hockey Festival on the 31st as well. Uh, there's going to be the alumni game on at, in Coral Springs on February 1st. This was announced by the Panthers uh, PR department uh, just yesterday as well. And so along with the skills competition and the all-star game, of course, happening at FLA Live Arena. So that's going to, that's going to, that th- those are the, the following events uh, for, for that and of course the location doesn't help it's it's the elephant in the room and of course 2028 is the not necessarily the year to decide because you got to decide before the lease is up of what you're going to do if you're are you going to extend it or you're going to build something new um and of course uh brandon montour speaking of brandon montour since you mentioned him now career high in points so what a season brandon uh montour mm-hmm. is 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 having for for the cats as well and of course, uh, Austin Matthews. Of course, he's a more marketable name uh, for in the in the NHL. And of course, better his position at forward than Montour is for defense. <laughs> nothing, nothing against um, Money Montour. And this, I don't know, I don't know how else to transition the, to this on this final thing that we're going to talk about. And full disclosure, uh, Wednesday before Jacob and I recorded uh, our show. 
Um, Jacob asked me if I wanted to talk about Ivan Provorov, uh, everything that happened in the, with the Philadelphia Flyers. And at the time I said, I don't have all the information. It was still very fresh. And, and let me take a few days to dissect everything and know everything that went on there. So for those of you guys who don't know, the Philadelphia Flyers held their pride night on Tuesday night. And Ivan Provorov did not go on the ice for warmups. And it's because uh, his reasoning was because he did not want to wear the Pride Night jerseys. And his reasoning was him being Russian Orthodox and saying that he respects the choices of the people in the LGBTQ plus community that and but I think of it as even if you don't want even if you don't want to wear the jerseys, it's a requirement to be in warmup. So I think if you don't wear show up in warmups, regardless of whether you want to wear that or not, you should be scratched. And I also think of it at Nick as even though he's not physically doing any harm, nor saying words to offend people of that community, that the people that put the work in to put that night together, it was all taken away from Ivan Provorov not doing something that helps welcome people of the LGBTQ community and it hurts them and it enables behavior, societal behaviors as well, even if his intention isn't to do so. I want to get your thoughts on, on this. So I'll start off by saying that, you know, everybody is free to believe and to act well i won't i won't say act but they're free to believe what they want and they're allowed to it seems act on those beliefs um because somebody tells them that it's okay or that you know it's it's perfectly acceptable because you have two schools of thought here okay so you have the religious spot and then you have a community that wants you know to be more included in things, to be taken seriously. Um, and, you know, they're just going to butt heads all the time. And, you know, each community can express themselves how they want to, but both sides are not, um, they're not outside of being judged uh, for those uh, decisions that they make. Um, you know, do I agree with what Proveroff did? No. Uh, but at the same time, you know, what I, would I be somebody who would be at the, you know, not okay with like somebody like Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, you know, because he was taking a knee to, you know, show that he was not okay with police brutality and everything. And, you know, it, it's just, you should, people show their ways of protest in different ways. And it's usually not the most popular. And, you know, the way that Proveroff did it, very effective, to be honest. As you said, he took away the message from uh, that Pride Night for the Philadelphia Flyers and also from the NHL. But it also shows that there's still a lot of growing that needs to happen on both sides. Um, you yes. know, whether religious people want to continue to use, uh, you know, old teachings, you know, to further their dialogue on a situation or if they want to continue to pick and choose what they want to believe in uh, and what they've been told. Um, and then on the other side of the coin, you know, maybe validation, 
needs to come from within instead of asking for it or wanting to get it from other people all the time. Uh, because you know what? I'm somebody who accepts everybody as they are. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, where you come from, who you are, who you love and everything like that. But, you know, there are some people that are kind of turned off by that kind of thing. Like, hey, why do I need to validate you? Well, we come from a history where people who, you know, live that type of lifestyle, I mean, whether it's sex, race, creed, whatever, always have issues. Um, you know, they're always, you know, there's always, uh, you know, <laughs> They have a much harder time getting, you know, integrated into society. And this is what the NHL and this is what the Philadelphia Flyers try to do is try to be more inclusive and try to bring them in like, hey, listen, we're not about that. We're trying to change the narrative on it. We're trying to bring everybody together and show that we're here for you. And, you know, unfortunately, I think, as you said, that message got lost on Tuesday and it's unfortunate. Yeah. And, the, and there's a reason that those are held in the first place. It's not. It's not it's not for attention, neither. It it's the fact that there are people of all races, genders that want to be included in this sport. And what I like about being on the Locked On Network is so many of my colleagues come from those different backgrounds and those di and and have different levels of sexual orientations as well and they get to share their their stories e even if i may not understand it neither or experience it as a straight male as well and and the fact that they get to share those uh, stories as well and just being a listening ear as, as well to the the those people it's a reason why those the those nights happen across sports league not just hockey but then when you see something that Provorov does, it, it's it, it. People might be afraid as well to come out the closet as well. Uh, I know Luke Prokop of the Nashville Predators prospect. Um, he was very he was very vocal about saying that we as a society, not just hockey, still have a very long way to go, and it's mm -hmm. just it, it's just for people who who might either agree with Ivan Provorov's stance or doesn't really care. I, I, I just want to advise you and hope and I and you people listening, you can respectfully disagree with me. I'm gonna respectfully, mm -hmm. hopefully re respectfully disagree uh, for for Provorov's stance, but I, I just hope that we give ourselves an opportunity to just listen more and just knowing that just because we might have it easier doesn't mean that other people ha have it have it don't have it difficult and it's just it's 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 not it's not it's not black and white there's there's some nuance in this as well mm -hmm. and listen as a as a as a as a sports official i've had to send someone to the penalty box before for saying the derogatory slur for gay people and and i i've had to do that after like a scuffle and i said no that that i i, I get to decide that that language is not acceptable as well thankfully mm -hmm. i've never heard a racial slur but i have heard the derogatory slur for for gay people and i've had to be like no you're you're, you're not you're you're not doing this mm -hmm. and it start it's it's it take like i know this is a cliche saying 
but it takes all of us. It really does. And, you know, as, as, as we do move on in society and we start to adapt to different social norms, because let's be honest, 40, well, okay, let's be real. Over the last, like maybe 10, 20 years, you know, we're still been struggling with a lot of it. I mean, you know, started, you know, still dealing with racism, still dealing with, you know, under trying to understand, you know, um, homosexuals and, you know, the whole transgender community, um, I think is a lot of misunderstanding um, and just basically quick takes of, you know, what somebody thinks about something without actually having all the information. Um, and unfortunately, that sets the tone for, you know, things like what happened on Tuesday. So it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward with Provorov, because uh, if anything, he was a player that actually wanted the uh, Panthers to go acquire a few years ago. Um, you know, and to say that, you know, I wouldn't want him on this team. Um, I'm probably taking another look on it right now, just because I personally disagree with that philosophy right now. Um, you know, that he took, you know, using religion as an excuse. Um, and I hope nobody else does that, or we start moving to uh, a society where we don't have to use, um, in my opinion, and again, we can respectfully disagree, um, using an uh, archaic way of thinking to absolve ourselves of decisions that we make today. So um, I'll leave it at that. But you know, I just hope that the NHL um, can show that they can rise above this and that, you know, they can get this fixed. And, you know, like I said, Provorov is a more than welcome. He's well within his rights here in the country to uh, express his views, but he's not out of the realm of being judged or being um, held accountable for decisions. And I think that's what people fail to understand of why there was such a backlash, you know, um, and same thing for the other side. You know, if there's something that happens, um, I fully hope that they get held accountable for their actions and their decisions. Yeah. And like I said, like, like I don't want to label Provorov himself yes. a bad person, but I do think there's a little bit of ignorance in his decision as well. And I hope that he can maybe learn a little bit from this and and hopefully he, because he's not the only one who probably thinks the way he thinks. And I hope that he, along with the rest of the players in the NHL, can think a little bit and say, how can I make other other people welcome in, in this sport and in this community as, as well for, 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 for everyone? I know. And go, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say one thing. I think hockey has, they need more people to watch the game. They need more people to attend games. I mean, I know attendance has been up over the last decade and everything just because of the original six being uh, more popular, but I don't think the NHL can afford to shut out any communities right now. Mm -hmm. They need to include everybody and to spread the game everywhere. And I think that's their mission. So to have a situation like this to happen on Tuesday, that kind of goes against what they're trying to do. We'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. But ho hopefully, hopefully that definitely improves and that they can live up to their billing of hockey is for everyone but mm -hmm. nick i want to thank you for joining me on this fairbanks friday edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast to discuss the florida panthers win their four power play goals dealing with some adversity losing sergey Bobrovsky and eric stahl and of course uh talking about the all-star game and this difficult conversation uh talking about 
just inclusion in hockey. Thank you once again for joining. Tell everybody where they can follow you online. Armando, as always, thank you for having me on and uh, always uh, allowing um, us to have this type of discussion about different uh, topics that uh, affect individuals, society, and the game itself. So um, Cats fans or NHL fans, hockey fans in general, if you guys want to continue a discussion with this, you guys are more than welcome to give me a follow at Prudentia Zero on, on Twitter. And uh, I would not mind having, you know, uh, friendly debates, things like that, just to you know, find common ground and see, you know, where it is, uh, where everybody is uh, with what happened on Tuesday and everything. So, but Armando, again, thank you for having me on for victorious Fairbanks Friday. Absolutely, Nick. And I will see you next week, my friend. Yes, sir. See you. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On AHL network, including Locked On AHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Stu Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects with Heidi Halakash. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski gives you a podcast 20 minutes or less on the entirety of the sports scene with exclusive guests and the take of the day. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.